0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in the old city of Jerusalem at Asha Torah overlooking the Western Wall. Um, Today's actually a special day because we have 74 world leaders here in Israel and uh, and so they're kind of shutting down the city a little bit and uh, so it's an exciting time. Today we're going to discuss music. Um, music hits at a very interesting frequency compared to other things. That's one thing. And it has a it has a, an impact on us that we will discuss. But so do many other things. Vision impacts us very much to the point of regret that if you saw something you shouldn't have seen, it's stuck in there and you're going to need some time to get rid of it. And, uh, and facts like... Horrible news stories, uh, one of which I read yesterday it was disastrous, and and the, those stories, you know, they're stuck in there too. They also impact us, but music impacts differently. Music hits us in a spiritual place. It's different than than the regular data that comes through facts and and vision, which is much more data oriented. Music and even even spoken word is data oriented. But music's another deal altogether. It hits us somewhere very, very special. And I imagine those who were raised observant don't know what I'm talking about. But those who were raised um, secular, raise your hand. Anyone here was raised secular? Like not keeping Shabbos every Shabbos? Like, you know that? Wow, record number. Record number. So um, have you ever been at a big concert with thousands of people at it? with music playing you know maybe even better if it was techno type and the whole entire room's moving vibrationally together in this most amazing way that's that's taking you away from normal life it's it's almo- it's al- it's almost like you feel the the fear that it's going to go away which of course is going to go away you're at a concert it's got to end but it will end but it's, but you kind of wished it wouldn't, because you're, you're connected. You're you're, as as they might say in the Bronx, you're jiving. You're, you're in in. You're in a, a vibrational. Resonance. And. And it's with a lot of people, and everyone's having the same exact thing happen. And there's and that resonance is real and the the band is not just playing their instruments vibrationally which is being pumped out of speakers which render the vibrations outward but the people themselves are like the strings of the guitar that are vibrating the whole entire crowd 30,000 plus people are are resonating in that motion and I've been to concerts in the past where the band was even playing on people's emotions. I have I found myself crying. And when you cry in a crowd, you're like, that's always embarrassing. So you kind of look around, but I looked around and guess what was going on with the people next to me? They were crying. And then I just decided I was on the floor, you know, there was a big stadium, like 30,000 people, and I decided just to turn around and look behind me. I saw that. I was late in the game of the crying. There were huddled, people huddled over each other, sobbing and supporting one another. And then I looked at the whole arena and it was the same thing. All the way to the top seats and the nosebleeds. And that's when I was like, this is so weird. And then, and then like not more than ten minutes later, we were jumping in total jubilation. And so we were being played, man. That music was playing us in a deep, deep place, in a deep, deep way. And that same band, who was very famous, they're, they're still around, actually. They're called the Grateful Dead. That same band that was doing the synergistic type of concerts had a whole other thing that's rare. You'll never see this anywhere, but they had it, is that is that the crowd would decide on a song they wanted to hear and they would send it around on pieces of paper and everyone would then kind of cognitively radiate that towards the band. And the band was super easy about their set list, like to a fault, and sometimes would just get into a jam. And now it's just a jam for like 15 minutes of a jam. And the next thing you know, that jam morphs into the song that everyone picked in the crowd, and I'm telling you, the crowd goes bananas, they just go bananas, it's just, I don't know why, because they've been to a million shows, and it happens every show, and I remember my first Dead show, when I heard them go bananas, I was like, I'm leaving, like, this is just so weird, you know, like, nothing just happened, and the whole crowd just went, like, literally, like, they just won the Super Bowl, and so, like, I, I this is just so strange, and I, I walked out, actually, during this. Second half of the kind of the intermission, I had a private meeting with the bass player Phil Lesh um, because of various connections my uncle Jerry had. And uh, but after that, I was like, okay, that's enough, you know. And I and I left. But later, I realized that it was because the crowd were so excited that the band got the message. So all of that's with music. Now, when you look at creation of our world. We talk about that creation every day in prayers. And the Kabbalistic Sidurim, not every sitter does this, but the Kabbalistic Sidurim go even further than the regular bare bones Sidurim. And we have a blessing that goes like this. I've got a sitter here, so I don't have to do it by heart. Uh, Oh. I woke up from such a deep sleep, not good. You know, you're supposed to come up slowly, but my my phone was going. And I was in such a I didn't even hear it, but it brought me up too quick. So it's been like I never quite got my act together. Here we go. Baruch. Oh, this is the bare bones sitter. Um, don't worry, man. I'll do it by heart. That's also bare bones. You know, just what I'm talking about, the, the Jewish prayer books, we have an original prayer book from the Anche Knesset of That's the one you have, where it's the original, actual, like, skeleton of the Kabbalistic prayers we do. But there were later generations, especially in the last couple hundred years, Kabbal- Sephardic and Ashkenazic Kabbalists. I don't know where they felt they had the audacity to do this, but they put words into a 25 year old, 2500 year old text. They added Kabbalistically important things. That the people who prayed the regular Ashkenaz prayer book, which is the bare bone skeleton prayer book, that even the Sephardic Jews prayed from, everyone prayed from that. The um, the, the Sephardic and the Hasidic added the Kabbalistic stuff. So the. It's not that the Ashkenaz aren't having all of that in mind. You understand, if you know what you're doing, you have all of that in mind. But the, but the Sephardic rabbis and the Hasidic rabbis felt it was necessary to, to actually bring them in to print, like print the words that you're supposed to be thinking of. Not all the time, but just sometimes. Anyway, so listen to, listen to the... You might want to look at it while I'm saying it. But the, so we say, Baruch Atta Hashem. It's on Baruch Atta Hashem. I'm not even translating that. <laughs> now, all of this is about creation. He's the master of what's called Pele. Pele means wonder. And wonder means something from nothing, like beyond nature. Because nature is always something from something. That's how nature works. It's always cause and effect. There's something from something. There's a cause and effect. But in Pele... A wonder is something from nothing, meaning it's just being done by the actual orchestrator of reality from nowhere into somewhere. And so now we're, you know, the whole prayer is really on creation. So he says, Neflo is that God is the master of Pela, of wonder. By the way, I'll just say one more thing, is that we say, um, in other places, we mention him as Nefloot, and we also call him we say he's bori Rufuot. We also say he's bori Rufuot, which means he creates. Borei means something from nothing. Again, it's also a language of something from nothing. And he's bori Rufuot. You know what that means? That he creates Rufuot out of nowhere. It always comes after Kel- Kelaniflois, that he's the, he's the master of wonder. And then he's Borei Rufuot. He creates Rufuot. Why? Why is that a wonder? Because someone who's ill, someone who has an illness, so that illness is the state of, that's what's there. I mean, it shows up on, you know, on, uh, on uh, whatever you call those things, um, diagnostic, uh, you know, machinery. That's what is. it is. But some, a being that creates something from nothing can remove that. A being that creates something from nothing can remove it cuz it's it, the refua comes from nowhere meaning it comes from it just can be created from a ma, from the Adonai Floyd Bo refua yeah he can make that happen and i've seen it happen i've seen both i've seen it not happen and i've seen it happen but really wondrous things wondrous things i had i had a guy um, secular jewish guy in la I happened to be visiting L.A. for a few weeks with my wife, and, and uh, many, many years ago. And he comes to me like white as a ghost. And he comes into my parents' house and falls into my arms crying. And he says he'll, he'll, never, he'll never be able to have kids because of uh, testicular cancer. And uh, he just got diagnosed, and he came straight to my house because he knew I was in town he's cried my arms, and and I said, uh, you know, after I comforted him, I, I said to him, uh, you know, uh, do you have time before the surgery? And and he said, uh, I don't know. I mean, they, I mean, two weeks I have because that's when it, it's booked for two weeks from now. And I, so he says, two weeks I got, I guess and. I said, call your doctor and see if he's willing to do another biopsy. And so he called the doctor, and the doctor said, we can do another biopsy before the surgery if you want. But it's on you. Your insurance will never pay for it because you already had your biopsy, and it was malignant, and you're done. You know, But, uh, but yeah, if you want another biopsy, you can pay for it privately. And so he's, then he puts down the phone, he's like, now what? And I'm like, you're now officially a fully observant jew and he's like huh and I'm like fully observant you put on tefillin you keep kosher you pray 3 times a day etc 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 and then i hand him his phone again which was on the table and i said call your fiance in chicago you don't marry gentiles And he broke it off right in front of me. Anyway, this guy—this guy obviously went big, and uh, and the biopsy was uh, the second biopsy was he was free free of cancer. He now lives, you know, in New York. Fully observant guy, kept it. <laughs> you don't mess with. It. Once you get that, you don't mess with it. I'm married to a wonderful lady, three beautiful children, and uh, just now you don't. We can't. I wish we had many more stories like that, you know. But the, but God is the, the master of, of wonder. Anyway, but what we say after that is Adonai bore Kol He creates all the souls. He creates all the souls. We're talking about how God creates the world. So why is it mentioning He creates all the souls? And I'm not going to go deep into that because we're going to go on the next line. Haboycher Bishire zimra. Haboycher b'shire zimra. Who chose to create the world? You got to add that in parentheses. Who chose to create the world? B'shire <laughs> zimra. So he's, all the neshamas that come from absolute nothing, meaning they come from him, and that's the souls, the souls with all the, the Yechidas, and then the Chayas, and then the Neshamas, and then the Ruchas, and then the fushas. and that all of that's coming down the system of creation. That's the soul. The soul's got five parts. and It's coming down the system. All five parts coming down the system. And he was, zimra. He, he chose it, to do it, via song, that the whole entire creation is made with song. Well, what's that supposed to mean? That He created the world with song. Can you hear it? I can't necessarily hear it, but you, sh- but you should know that we have a book called Parikshira, the book of song, that actually talks about the songs of all of creation. Exactly what they sing, and they're actual words. There's actual words. I wish we knew the tunes. Because obviously, probably more important would be the tune. But we at least know what every, all these different creations, literally from like heavenly bodies to lizards, like what their song is in their having been created via this vibrational energy. Now, we know in physics the whole world's made vibrationally. And once you're in vibrationals, once you have vibration, well, now you have frequency, which means it's math. It's all mathematics because think about every. Every wave here is hitting at a frequency. And so, for example, the, song, the note uh, A, which is 440. Right now, my vocal cords, if this were a true A, would be 440. That means the waves are hitting at 440 oscillations per second. The whole entire creation is coming about. Like I'm not even speaking English. This is all vibrations. The whole world comes through song. Everything is through song. And so when you're listening to music, you're tapping into the spirit world. When you see something, it may be gorgeous. It could be the Alps. It could be Joshua Tree National Monument. It could be just the most beautiful thing you ever saw. It could be Australian Alps. It could be the most beautiful thing you ever saw. But it's the other end of an entire vibrational system that now pops into physicality called the Swiss Alps or the Australian, Austrian Alps or whatever. It, it, you're, you're, we're seeing, when you see, you're seeing the flip side of the vibrations. You know, the, the end. Just like those kids' flashlights with the little fiber optic strands where on the outside you see the color that the flashlight is making. But when you're dealing with music, you're in the substrate, the vibrational substrate itself of the the creation. And for this reason, you'll notice that aboriginal people in all the jungles of the world, they use song in all their meditation work. And to the point where like a musician... let's say it's a musician who's leading, Like usually it'd be a group of musicians, but if there was one musician, if that musician had to go to the bathroom or something, the people meditating would no longer be where they were in their meditation, meaning they would be waiting for him to get back. And then he would start playing again, and then they would be back in to where they were. I mean, these are obviously highly certified people who know what they're doing, much more than even the Grateful Dead, if you can believe it. The Grateful Dead also knew stuff that was going on there that we can't exactly articulate. And so song is super deep. It's super heavy. And it's, it's what touches you the deepest. And so because of that, you want to be careful with it. And it does matter where the heart of the songwriter is coming from. You can take a song and make it Jewish, but that's it. Speaking of song, mm-hmm. shalom, everybody. Have a great day. Click on what you need to click. Touch what you got to touch. And uh, subscribe, follow, share, whatever. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.